1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Crystal War College. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Schneider, with our special guest, who's looking like he's a uh, uh, CIA operative uh, with the uh, the dark screen there and the voice changer. We're calling him Ernie, but that's not his real name. If you'll notice behind Ernie is the, the katana sword that, uh, now Ernie, I asked you before, is this, uh, you win that sword at the Kumite, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had a fight, John yeah. Van Damme and uh, Chuck Norris for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, did you notice the move? He had a couple key moves there. Uh, how you fight big guys? Hey, speaking of big guys, look who look who just joined us, Doug Barry, Damn. my good friend. How you doing, Doug? Welcome. Me and Ernie were just talking about the katana sword behind him there. How he won that in the Kumite. He beat Van Dam. That was like the episode that they didn't show on TV. <laughs> so uh, Jesse's not here today, so we decided. That uh, we're going to bring in America's late evangelist, Doug Barry, EWTN super host, uh, super, superhuman, all around great guy. Uh, the only guy I know that can bench press slightly more than me. Well, that was a joke, by the way. Uh, uh, Doug Barry. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I go on Grace Force all the time and, with you guys, and I'm, it's always a pleasure, and I appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, um, so what's going on before we get started? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your circles? Who, who, you want to go first? Me or Ernie? No, you, Doug. Oh, me. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? Just working with Father Richard Heilman, U.S. Grace Force podcast. Uh, we do that every week. Uh, also, BR Coalition, Be Ready Coalition, which is uh, online training as well as a, an actual um, emergency preparedness course that we put out, trying to help people get ready spiritually and naturally when it comes to obviously everything that's unfolding around us right now in the world, just taking it very seriously that we've got to be on board with spiritual and natural preparation. So Outstanding. Yeah, very yeah. much on my heart that God's saying, you know, we, we've got to get better prepared because things are getting a little more intense, more ramped up. And we talk about that with you all the time, Dan, when you're on grace force about what we see spiritually happening in the world. And that's always going to manifest in physical ways. You lose the spiritual battle inside you deal with it in the outside world. Absolutely. I mean, this goes back to a principle of St. Uh, St. Augustine said, anima forma corporis, the soul forms the body. And mm -hmm. if the soul is malformed, if the soul is traumatized, if the soul is wounded, if there's emotional and psychological things that have not been integrated, um, the body is going to manifest that. And we know that. What we want to talk about today is PTSD. Uh, um, how to integrate, really technically, how do you integrate after battle? We see a lot of guys uh, coming back from combat, guys from law enforcement and, and fire department and, and seeing some pretty dark stuff. Uh, how do you integrate with that? Uh, Ernie, Ernie's a, another combat vet. Um, I was going to Ernie sent me the story of um, what he called the bravest man in Iraq. And, and I wanted to ask him to share that with us today. So we kind of see what the typical experience, not just from our side of a battle, but from, from, from the other side of battle. So Ernie, can you, can you give us that, that story? Yeah, uh, it was back in 2003. Um, we were we were doing a doing convoy convoy security on a big uh, 
big uh, vehicle convoy and pushing it through a town called Habania, which is right outside of Fallujah in Iraq. And uh, as we're pushing this convoy through, I'm the, I'm the trailing element, um, basically providing security for the for the uh, rear of this huge convoy that's going through uh, Habania. And this is a really little uh, ugly town in between Fallujah and Ramadi, which is was was during the time was a really hot zone. So as we're pushing these vehicles through uh, towards the end, right right at the end of town, they start lighting us up with small arms fire. And then we get some RPG fire, like a lot of RPG fire. And then they started hitting us even with mortars as as we're as we're going. And so we're returning fire and we get into this nice little firefight as we're trying to get this this uh, this convoy through. And uh, I remember there was there was fighters in the tree line firing at me. And I'm I'm giving them the business back. And uh I see some movement to the left of my, because uh, uh, I'm facing backwards on my vehicle. I see some movement to the left of me. And as I look to the left, I see this little girl standing literally maybe uh, 20 feet from this slow moving convoy as it's going through town, right? And I mean, fire, I mean, we're, we're taking fire from every, like I would say from the, for the rear of us all over the place. I, I told you mortar fires coming in. Uh, RPG fires coming in, and uh, this little girl. Uh, I, and I, I level my weapon at her because I at first I, all it was just was just movement real quick. And uh, I'm like, holy Toledo, it's this little girl. And uh, I, I, as I'm as I as I as I'm about to move my weapon the other way, I see her 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 father, like a like a just running tackles her, and they go into this this little hole. And uh, literally at the same time, there's 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 bullets going like over his head, and um, I return fire and we keep moving. But I was like, I seen a lot of brave action from men, but uh, at that moment, I was like, man, that's got to be the bravest bravest man in Iraq right there. <laughs> Tackled her and they went in the hole like a man should, like like a father would regardless of, of what, what country he was from or whatever was going on. That man was, uh, in my book, a brave man in the middle of that to, to do that. He just, uh, intestinal fortitude came out and he uh, he, he, he picked his, his child up and right in that ditch. I don't know what happened to him after that, but for that moment, they were safe. Yeah, it's funny that, that of all the people that God, that, that would have put that, that little girl in their sights and in a moment of panic pulled the trigger, the Lord knew that you had enough wherewithal to not pull the trigger. And he let you kind of give her the cover that she needed and for the father to get in there and save her. That that's an, that's a powerfully impactful story. Uh, um, uh, Doug, your reaction. Well, I mean, it just, it, like you said, Ernie, it speaks to that something that's inside men in general that I think is God given, you know, it's supposed to be in our DNA. You know, I, I like to refer to it as the, as the King David DNA. There's that something that says when odds are, are, are against you, you still step up and you still engage in whatever way you can, be it spiritually or naturally. It's in us as men. And a lot of that is, is, is snuffed out. It's killed. It's crushed. It's diluted. It's distracted by the things of the world, the flesh and the devil. But in general, that is still in our fiber. It's in our DNA, you know? And I just think that, um, you know, even in your eighties, nineties, you know, there is still that men out there that exude that something inside, you know, when you hear stories of world war II vets, you know, in the end of their life and they're, they're still tearing up 
I was giving a talk once at a church and there's a man in a wheelchair in front of me. And um, I had found out later that his, his uh, sister, his daughter, forgive me, his sis, his daughter had called her office to ask if it was okay if he had come to this talk and they wanted to wheel him down and put him in the front row. And he sat there and as I was talking about the nature of man and that something inside of us that, that's a fighter, protector, defender on every level, he's tearing up. And I asked him how he felt. And, and in so many words, he said, if I could get out of this wheelchair, I'd do it all over again. I just think no matter how old you get, that it's still in us. Whether or not we cooperate with grace and let it come out is another thing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the real danger in our, in our modern culture, uh, our highly effeminized culture, is, is now it's, 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 you know, we're in this post-colonial uh, uh, era um, where, and, and um, you know, and privilege and of so-called uh i mean it's ridiculous and now and now um any assertion of masculinity is is you know uh is considered bad we've had this we've had you know we see in the gender ideology but we're seeing a real movement towards demasculizing men and a misunderstanding so you have two extremes machismo which is not manly right, right. and and you have and you have a feminine feminism you know emasculated demasculated masculinity the real center is 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 right there the way the way Christ gave us traditional manhood being strong for your for your family standing in the gap diving on top of your daughter in a firefight mm-hmm. you know men need to see that this is what this is in us this is natural to us right right so it's 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 not it's not a a, a it's it's not connatural i mean it is connatural it's it doesn't go against our nature so we shouldn't suppress this right yeah yeah, think about think about we we covered this a, a few a few weeks back. Uh, 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 Brad Pitt shows up at a at a at a uh, some conference or some award ceremony wearing a skirt. Not <laughs> this wasn't a kelp like Doug Barry. I could see you in a kelp back in your Scottish roots. I'm not talking. And, you, and Ernie, you're part Scott. I mean, it's not right, a kelp that right. you can move, so you can move a little faster. This is this was a skirt, and he said the masculinity of my father and that generation and Clint Eastwood and and that generation of actors is too hard for me. It's, you know, I, I, so I just collapse and give into it. Right. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, that, that was uh, uh, quite telling of our culture. I mean, and, and we're being told, yeah, no, being, being a man is bad. And, and so anyway, I, I love that story, Ernie. I appreciate you, you sharing that. So when soldiers come back, um, how do you integrate back? That's the real question. How do you, how do you take that, that warrior instinct, which is in the raw in combat? And how do you turn that uh, into and how do you and how do you purify that? How do you how do you how do you make it cruciform and make it a, something that is that that serves your family? Um, a lot of guys go through 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 PTSD after suffering some of these things. And let me just read this is from the National Institute of Health. And there was an article that we I think we had posted from the USO on inci- the rising uh, uh, this this epidemic really of of suicide among veterans. Uh, this is the NIH. Post-traumatic stress disorder is a disorder that develops in some people who have experienced a shocking, scary, or dangerous event. It's natural to feel afraid during and after trauma. Fear triggers many split-second changes in the body and helps the defender against the the danger, uh, to defend against danger. The fight-or-flight response is a typical reaction to protect from harm. Nearly everyone will experience a range of reactions after their trauma. So, so there, he, he, this article goes through some of the some of the marks, flashbacks, bad dreams, frightening thoughts. Uh, easily started. We'll pick up there, and the next we'll pick up on PTSD and how do we integrate.
All right. All right. Wednesday War College. The man going by, the dark figure in the background, the former CIA operative who has a voice changer, we're calling him Ernie. And of course, everybody knows America's evangelist, Doug Barry, <laughs> talking about transitioning the warrior. There was a, a, a book by a Protestant years ago called Tender Warrior, and uh, it would kind of hit the men's circle, uh, circuit, you know. Um, but there's something to be said to that. How do you transfer? Those those innate desires of a man to to be tested to to do battle, but at the same time come back and transition and reintegrate after battle. Uh, so, Ernie, give us your experience, and let, Doug, I'd like to get your your take on it as well. I know you 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 know you were we we affectionately call you a, a puddle pirate. You were in the the Coast Guard, <laughs> and uh, but you, you talked to a lot of men's group as well. So even puddle pirates, we we, yeah. we showed our inclusiveness on there. I think puddle pirates rank slightly above the Air Force. Ernie, would I be correct in that or no? It depends puddle on the pirates Air Force. and the Navy are kind of the same. Yeah, it depends on the part of the Air Force. There's some tough guys that I, I I'm sure the uh, Coast Guard has some tough guys too. Oh yeah, they do. All right, so tell us about your about your your any your, your your reintegration back. And then, Doug, I want to get your take because you talked to a lot of men's group. You talked to a ton of men. Yeah. Ernie? Well, I, I think I fell apart about uh, three months back uh, from, the, from the combat zone. I was there a year and a half. And about three months back, I started having a lot of problems. Six months in, I had a total breakdown. And I uh, <laughs> ended up having to go into uh, – I went to the VA and got a lot of help. Um, I had a, I had – first, I started dealing with uh, – the, the trauma that I went through with with uh, with the psychologist and a psychiatrist and they were working with me, uh, I was on meds um, and I was working a lot with myself. Now, I, I was in groups. I was in you, you name it. I, I did it and I still do it to this day. I still I still uh, go to the VA for help all the time for that, for those for those problems that I, I, I still suffer with now. Um, and, and I'm I'm a, I'm a big advocate for these guys and what they what, what the psychologists do. Uh, but I, 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 I had a lot of problems in uh, dealing with depression, uh, anxiety. Uh, I had a lot of thoughts of suicide, um, a lot of thoughts that were that were constantly in my head. Um, we had um, you name it. I was I was probably dealing with it. Now, I was on painkillers from uh, from uh, a uh, injury that I sustained in Iraq. And so I had a, I, I was on a lot of painkillers. Um, and I was pretty much a mess um, after after a lot of work on me physically, mentally, and then I was able to start um, working out, uh, start putting a lot of the the physical uh, stress stressors that I was taking out on on um, on getting back in shape. Uh, after uh, I would say uh, it was it was a long time before I was able to do that stuff, and then after getting in shape. Um, I started just uh, having to heal with even my family because during that time I had pushed everybody away. I was very angry, uh, and uh, I, you know, I burned a lot of bridges. Uh, but but I, I will say the thing that that healed me the most spiritually, the thing that is the, is the com component that is gone. I think from uh, from the guys that are coming back is the spiritual component as far as God, Jesus. Our Mary, uh, Mary, our mother, um, coming back to the sacraments. Um, I'm a firm believer that I think a lot of these guys that are Catholic should go into a monastery for a while mm -hmm. and uh, get get some help. Um, 
it's it's something that we need uh, to, to kind of put yourself back together uh, along with, you know, uh, mental health uh, and some physical hard labor uh, really, really helps helps these these situations. And the other thing is um, you need men that have been there, men that uh, that have, are, are ladies or women who have actually been in combat to, to deal with. Um, I think I think it, that those are the those are the ones that really help the the the, uh, the women that are coming back also because they're 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 having a lot of problems. So uh, having some mentorship, uh, of course, Jesus, um, and uh, a, a really good doctor for a little while. I mean, to 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 work to to see where you're at because some of the guys that are coming back are really messed up. And even before we go into combat, we have a lot of problems with sin. And I would say a majority of the people uh, going going into uh, theater, uh, let, let's face it, we, we we don't have any spiritual protection. We're we're kind of uh, you know um, godless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I hear three things, Doug. I'll let you take it from here. I hear uh, um, these are these are three 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 very serious uh, uh, things that we need to consider to overcome the combat, the stress of combat, to bring in and to to purify that. So you can now be a warrior in your home. Uh, men need ritual, brotherhood, and order. Um, and you had said uh, the physical, getting back into shape, not being a doughboy ranger. Doug, you're a big advocate for this. Mm-hmm. Social, um, no isolation. That that's something else that we're not. We're not. We are part of a body, the mystical body. So so we need to we need to have brotherhood. We need to keep that brotherhood with like minded uh, Catholic men. And finally, the spiritual. Um, you you coined the phrase "sugary Jesus." I use it all the time. It's not going to be the sugary Jesus with the roses flying out of it, our prayers flying to Jesus like roses. This is Jesus, a divine warrior. This is an image going back to the Old Testament and David. And right. so these three things: the physical, the social aspect, and the spiritual is what I heard from what you said, Doug. What do you, what do you what's your take on that? You talked to a lot of men's group. What are what are some of the things that you that you see as in, integral for 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 cultivating that spiritual warrior inside of a man? Well, you know, it, it I, I always think about the uh, the quote, and I'm I'm not going to get the saint right, so I'm not even going to try. But he talked about the Blessed Mother and how having a devotion to Our Lady, a deep prayerful devotion to Our Lady, deep dialogue. By doing that, the Blessed Mother tames the brute and raises up the warrior. And I, I really wish I knew exactly who said that, but I think there's something so so powerful about that because it is in every man to be a fighter, protector, defender. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, a lot of that is watered down. A lot of that is beat down by the things of the world and by effeminacy and so forth. And the diabolical that's trying to wreck that inside of a man. You know, Ernie, what you describe, I mean, I've, I've, I've not been through that, but I've heard that from so many men around the country for 30 plus years that guys who go through this and women too, that the PTSD and the struggle from that. A good friend of mine um, I grew up with from high school on, um, captain of the fire department. And he said when he first got on uh, the fire department, he said, you know, you go on these runs, middle of the night, you wake up, you're out of your sleep, you're rushing into a house, and it's an emergency, it's a medical emergency. And he said the toughest thing in the world was seeing a baby, you know, a dead baby lying there who had died from SIDS. The parents were in such shock that they didn't even flip the baby over. The baby was face down, had already turned uh, color, uh, rigor mortis was setting in. And he said, when you see these things over and over and over, or you, you know, charred bodies after a fire, you know, um, the same with law enforcement. Um, and of course, military like yourself, Ernie, in, in these types of situations, um, my brother was training to be an EMT and he would talk about how the doctors in ER would talk and they would discuss uh, terms like crispy critter. 
and and he not to be disrespectful, but it was their way of protecting themselves mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally because they were regularly seeing this. A good friend of mine also in ER work for many years would say, almost every night I'm in the ER, I'm dealing with gunshots and knife wounds. And this is just ongoing and broken people and the, 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 the messed up interior of what's going on as well. So, you know, it comes in so many different forms and so many different areas. Through it all, though, there's a thread of the ones who seem to do the best through this do exactly what you talked about, Ernie. They address the natural and the spiritual both. You can't leave one or the other out. You know, it's whether it, whatever your, your, your struggle is in life, bringing that physical component in is so critical, but you've got to bring that spiritual component in. And, and I just think that, you know, you nailed it, uh, Ernie, the way you described that. And Dan, what you said about the, the, the ritual and the, the brotherhood and so forth, if we miss that and we're missing it, and a lot of guys out there, I mean, God bless a lot of the good Catholic men out there, and I don't want to bust on anybody, but I've been doing this for 33 years, traveling all over the country and 38, 39 years total. When I hear guys who just want to sit around, they want to drink a pint of beer and discuss things, I get a little frustrated. Dan, you know me on this. It's like, come on, guys, let's go do something hard. Let's go, I don't flip a tractor tire, cut down a tree. You know, let's get out there, lift weights. Let's work. Let's do something. Sitting around drinking, smoking, and discussing is not the epitome of manhood. I think there needs to be more to that. And Ernie, I think you nailed that too when you said you got into the physical component of that. Yeah, I want to go over this. There's an article that that, that uh, uh, Ernie sent over to me this week. We were kind of talking about what to talk about this week. Uh, the article is is it's a book review. Possessed by PTSD. Um, there's a lot of error in here, but I want I want to highlight a few points. Protest, possessed by PTSD, a veteran ex- uses exorcism to cast out his demons. A new book about a veteran undergoing exorcism to purge himself of demons struggles with the important question about the cost of war and the nature of PTSD. Now, we're collapsing PTSD as something diabolic, and it's not. This is where the one of the errors are. But he says, tribal cultures differed in their approaches as to reintegrating warriors. One common practice was to purify combatants after the fact, cleansing them of any evil spirits they may have trailed them home from battle. Sometimes this purification centered on storytelling. A tribe would gather to hear a warrior recount his exploits, going into graphic detail, the bloodier the better. But in other societies, to tell war stories risked conjuring the dead and was considered dangerously taboo. Better to let the past be the past. This article says this author, America muddles through in the middle somewhere. Our culture is too large and buried to have a single single ceremony of purifying veterans. Um, this the, the author of the stories about this book, he says this guy named Caleb is a haunted man, haunted by his hard luck growing up, by failed relationships, guilt, the death of his friend on a mission he himself should have flown, most urgently haunted by a six foot five destroyer demon that manifests as a man with a buffalo head. Ironically, the MRAP. What do they call the MRAP, Ernie? The buffalo. The demon camp is the story of Caleb's failed attempt to exercise the destroyer that followed him home from Afghanistan because he hasn't dealt with the PTSD, that's why. Or more likely, the one that was there all along. We learned that Caleb contemplated suicide early in his military career before he deployed into combat. Um, And then they go on to say the legitimacy of exorcism is a treatment for PTSD, and of course it's not. In, In fact, our protocol is the exact opposite of that. The veracity of some of the more far-reached stories of war she is told, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the end, the author aligns herself with secular readers. The demons may be real for Caleb, but, but for us, only recognizable as a metaphor for trauma, not, not spirit, but symbol. 
anyway, so so this this the, a couple of things came out to me. One is how how tribal cultures had to reintegrate warriors, um, and 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 how you know for us again, if a man is is ordered towards ritual, how do you reintegrate? Father Ripperker had mentioned um, that he had found a certain pattern of soldiers coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, and and he would just pray over them. And, and it would lift very quickly. And I think, uh, you know, he, he, he concluded that a lot of our soldiers are coming back cursed. So, so, um, so we need that, that, that ritual as, as Roman Catholic men, we know what that ritual is. It's confession, it's Mm. prayer, it's purification, reintegrating, as you said, Doug, uh, um, it it, it, might've been Bernard. I think it was, well, Bernard said, St. Bernard said, um, man who has fallen by it through a woman must be redeemed through a woman talking about the Virgin Mary. And so uh, a, a man and his, uh, his wife, it's the redemption through that woman, through his spouse. That's where redemption often is going to come through marital grace. It's reintegrating into that relationship with your wife. It's very, very critical, not being isolated. 10 seconds. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll pick up from here. I'm going to get you guys as into get you guys as feedback on uh, uh, possessed by PTSD, this book that that's coming out and get your take on it, Ernie and, and Doug. And we'll pick up on some things that men can do to to take the warrior mentality in their home. Hey, Wednesday War College, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We thank you for joining us. I'm uh, your you're, I was your host, but we've made Doug Barry our host. Well, it was Jesse Romero, and Jesse is uh, he, he's a busy man traveling the world, meeting with the president, uh, President Trump, and he's become uh, quite the hobnobber. And uh, so we've decided to replace him with Doug Barry, America's evangelist. Doug has got a good experience as a puddle pirate in U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, we're calling him in to extract us from dangerous waters. Doug, you got a lot of experience in that. So. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's you, an you, honor. It's an honor to be part of this uh, this team. I know Jesse. We're friends. Go way back. But, you know, I tell you, Jess, if you're listening right now, thanks, brother, for making room for me. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah, we'll see if he comes crawling back. We'll let him back on next week. We'll see if he apologizes. But, uh, no, he's traveling today. Hidden, hidden. He won't tell us. Undisclosed location on undisclosed mission. Deep cover. So, uh so we're gonna we're, we're glad to cover him, but Doug, you are uh, uh, in my heart, my uh, my good friend, and uh, and we sure appreciate you coming on today. Uh, we value your experience as well, working with men. Yeah, no, it's an all honor these to be with years. You, guys. Really you got hard. a very clear, crystalline message, and it <laughs> resounds with uh, with with with, with uh, the, the, the lay faithful today. So we we talk about this story of PTSD. Now this guy, I think, is way off because they they collapse PTSD. Well, with the demon. Now, the problem that what we're finding in our, our and a lot of people make this mistake, even in Catholic among Catholic exorcism circles, that we collapse trauma, and and we don't we we don't understand what we call the psychological compatibility with the demon. So, if you've got PTSD, if you've got traumatic this deep psychological traumatic wound, you've got to deal with that first because the demon's going to hide in that wound. We see here that the individual and the the the, the on the, the book is about this individual. He already had some issues going into combat. And sometimes these guys, in my experience, and you go into combat, if you're already a little loosely wired, if things aren't wired down tight, it's going to unravel. It's kind of like if you ever, Doug, you, you and I are Jeep guys. 
you know, we've, we've had old Jeeps with the death wobble. You know what the death wobble is on a Jeep? <laughs> you know, I had a CJ5 once and had a death wobble. Once you got, it drove fine until you got to about 40 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour on the freeway. That sucker would start yeah. to roll yeah. on you on yeah. the freeway. The yeah. color of the death wobble, it's something to do with the suspension and all that. You can, it can be fixed. But if you go into combat already, already possessing some, some, some mental problems, the experience of combat is going to be extremely acutely traumatic to you. Mm. Doug, you're shaking your head on that. Yeah, well, I, it, it, which brings up a question I have, and you know, you you both have been in combat scenarios, and I have not. But the military today, and this is a big concern, I think it really is, seems to be moving away from the moral principles that it used to have. You know, Father Richard Heilman, you know, promotes the combat rosary, which is uh, modeled after World War One rosary. Now, yeah. back in that time when the when the U.S. soldiers were fighting in World War One, if they requested, the U.S. government was providing rosaries. Okay, the U.S. government would provide rosaries to soldiers who requested it in World War One. Now we have this remove God from every aspect sort of approach that's out there in a lot of different areas, even in the military. And you know, buddies that I've talked with, and I know Dan, you and I've talked about this. I mean, I, I know guys who've said they would not want their kids in the military today. It's not the same as it was in the past. Does that hurt the man or woman who's going into a, uh, a combative situation or any kind of stressful situation um, when there has not been this emphasis placed on God? I mean, one of the best scenes in Saving Private Ryan is the Catholic priest who's going around the beach on Omaha Beach, and he's going around, and he's administering last rites while gunfire and, 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 and all kinds of chaos is going on. Is this a serious concern, Dan, to your point, going into certain scenarios and situations without already having that moral fiber, that moral backbone, and knowing that you have the support of that moral fiber and moral backbone? Does that make it harder on the soldier or anybody who's in a traumatic situation when they come out? What would you say to that, Ernie? Uh, that that's a lot for me right now. I mean, when you're you're talking about like the the, the moral breakdown of, of somebody before they even we we even go out. Uh, I mean, let, let's talk about the military before we even we we go to uh, a combat zone. Mm -hmm. Man, uh, I I I love my brothers, but a lot of them were into some some serious bad stuff, including myself at the time. Uh, we were not good people um there 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 was i wish we would have had some kind of I, more of a moral push mm. uh, maybe a little bit more guidance from our 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 uh our our, our veteran um cadre and and teaching us how to be you know better men i mean i'm not saying that, that that's not part of it but i mean we learn how to drink how to uh watch porn <laughs> how to uh, womanize and how to do everything bad and then we go into a combat zone. And uh, right. I mean, I, I can't say anything good uh, for a lot of it. I mean, I I, I really kind of uh, when you see someone good, a good person in there, it, it is like, wow, I, uh, brother, man, what kind of you are exemplary. You know, you are you you're a different kind of person, you know, because so a lot of guys in there, they're like they pirates. stand out. It's they're unique. Pirates. Then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it makes me think, guys, about, you know, the Battle of Lepanto in 1571, one of the most one of the most famous naval battles ever in history. And, you know, when Pope St. Pius V went to Don Juan of Austria, young guy, 28, 30 years old or so, and said, I need an army because we've got to deal with the 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 Muslim Turks. They're they're trying to overthrow Christianity in Europe. I know a lot of the audience is probably very familiar with that battle. 
it was forbidden on the ships to swear, to curse. Yeah. Even the language was held. And they were told they needed to be praying the rosary. And they had an image of the Our Lady of Guadalupe that had been touched to the original miraculous tilma. There was a code of conduct that reached to a, a depth of morality, of, of a certain moral fiber. That Because these, these guys were, you know, they were engaged in, as, as, as you know, Ernie, um, some very brutal hand-to-hand, face-to-face Absolutely. combat. How do you, I mean, how do you do that and be told that you're doing it for God and for the church? Well, there had to be that, that prayer life, that moral fiber. I mean, I, I wish we had that kind of a code of conduct. I mean, even the short time I was in the Coast Guard, it was the same thing. I just remember even right. in basic, the conversation, the attitude, the language, it was, it was, it was hurtful to the spirit, to the moral side of me. Yeah. The, the Templars, I think I, I, I remember a story mm. that I read uh, was, was, was based in, these guys that came into the Templars uh, and, and they enlisted to, to, to become these warrior monks, they were murderers. They were uh, the worst people. They were thieves. They were the worst people imaginable. And um, the, the, the story is when they dissolved that a majority of these guys that stopped becoming, uh, they, they stopped becoming these, these things and they actually became priests, a lot of them. Mm. Not brought, they, they became holy. Through uh, through watching other holy people and why I, I mean there has to be a component of God there that touches people in the worst points of of uh, of life you know it's just like it, it's there yeah. and uh, I know we've talked about it before Dr Dan but um, I I believe that he, God is there God is with us in the soldiers but if if we're not if we're immoral what does that do to us Yeah it, it, it's it's purity of intent. Um, yeah, what I'm hearing too is again, practically speaking, for guys that have experienced and women that have experienced traumatic events in their lives through 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 combat. In particular, we're talking about combat combat veterans here. Um, don't fall into isolation. You're members of a Christian community. You got to watch and change your friends as well. Um, you know, Kyle was working a case once and he, he tells the story. He said, and part of our our phase two is redirecting of all relationships if they're not drawing you closer to God, that need, they, those need to slough, slough off in your life. All a- aspects of your life need to slough off. And her voicemail said this, I'm making some changes. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm not here right now. I'm making some changes in my life. Leave a message. If I don't call you back, you're one of those changes. <laughs> so this is somebody that, that understood I've got to make changes. And so having a, a holy brotherhood or sisterhood is very important. Um, you know, last Friday night we, we were at over with some of the shield guys and we were in Pomona, Pomona, Pomona California. They were with your bishop, Bishop Strickland, Father Ripperger, and about 20 guys. And we had a t- little bourbon tasting, a little cigar smoking. And it was it was just a great brotherhood that that this bishop and this priest could could let their shields down and just be men together. Um, so we need that. You need to find that community in your local in your local church. Um, and, then, that, and then I got to know, Dan, did, did you get a workout in along with the drinking and the smoking? Now, the second one was exercise. <laughs> and I know, Doug, you talk a lot about exercise. And you know what, Doug, you don't look as big as you really are. When you're face to face with Doug, taking a picture with him, he's like, he's like, uh, he's Doug's a little gorilla, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, but the, the physical is very important as well. So, so a lot of people, when the cases come to us, the demon wants to drive you to just stay in your home and think, 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 think. 
Mm. You know, and 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 you can you need to integrate your thinking. Yeah. You know, it's aura et labora. Pray and work is the Benedictine motto. Right. So you got to. Right. It doesn't. You're not just going to outthink this demon. A lot of veterans, a, a lot of people with PTSD deal with it through 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 alcohol abuse and 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 pornography. Absolutely. Right? And so you you're not going to win that with you're, you're not going to win that battle. You've got to get outside of yourself. You got to get physical. You got to get into shape. You got to engage your body, and mm-hmm. then when you go to pray. Your weapon is clean. And we'll get into prayer next, but I'm going to talk a few quotes on prayer. But I'd like you guys to comment on that. The need for brotherhood or sisterhood and, and the need to the integration of physical fitness into your life. Even if you're you're older guys like us, we st- all, all three of us still do the, do the best we can to exercise and stay in shape. And when I don't want to exercise now, I used to do it because I wanted to look good. Now I do it because I say, Lord, give me health, not because I don't want to suffer, but so I can serve you more. I can right. serve you as long as you want me to serve you. Right, right. Yeah. Ernie or Doug? Bernie, uh, I I see like with with exercise has been one of those things that you just need to get those endorphins going. Uh, be it if, if it's somebody who likes to hike, walk, um, minor exercise, uh, moderate eating. I think it's it goes back to moderation. And uh, a, a big thing too is uh, that's really helped me out is uh, Catholic fasting, mm. um, and doing it the right way, and then to learn how to suffer and then understand and offer up those pains, you know, as we get older, mm. uh, all, all the things we put our bodies through, uh, comes back to haunt us. So, I mean, this goes for everybody. So, yeah, I, I agree with that 100. You know, this is something I, I like to encourage guys. I mean, there's that thing out there, Exodus 90, which I think yeah. is great. I like Exodus 365 myself. Uh, <laughs> the idea that every, I mean, except for Sundays, it's a mini Easter. Let's take that as, as a rest point if we want. But I'll just say this quickly. When we, six days a week, challenge ourselves physically, spiritually, mentally, get that exercise, get that activity. Again, whether it's long walks, hiking, weightlifting, I do a mixture of a lot of different things. Keep the edge, all right? It physically is better for you, bones, muscles, brain, everything. And it affects your soul. All right, we're going to break. Last segment, we're going to talk a little bit on prayer and uh, battle readiness uh, for the Catholic Catholic soldier, the Catholic warrior. Thanks for joining in. We'll be right back. Okay, Wednesday War College, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are uh, live again here. Dan Schneider, uh, the man we refer to as Ernie, and also the... uh, America's evangelist and new now our new co-host Doug Berry. Uh, thanks Jesse. Thanks again, yeah. brother. Thanks to Jesse. He was traveling today and uh, he misses out. We waited on him like one pig waits on the other, right? I'm waiting for a text to come in any minute from him saying, "What do you think you're doing?" <laughs> this is gonna be if you and Jesse went in it, that would be big on big. That would be a fight. That that would be a good pay per view fight right there. <laughs> Uh, All right. I'm going to throw two things out there and, and get your guys' take on it. And this will tie into what you're doing with your Battle Ready Coalition, Doug. Um, the spiritual component, we've talked about the physical, guys that leave the military, guys that leave law enforcement, guys that retire from uh, a fire department. They've had they, The brotherhood helps sustain them. Even if the brotherhood is joking, some of the, just some of the, the shucking and jiving doing in, in the, in the you know, back at the barracks or, or the fire station or whatever. Um, learning to enter, that is important. Getting ritual, praying at the same time every day. We have found that the demon responds to the imposition of order as much as to the prayers themselves. So getting order in your life, you need that. That is key. And part of that order is exercise on a regular basis. And then finally, prayer. Uh, I, I was at uh, Libra Cristo training two weeks ago where we, tra- we were training priests and teams from different dioceses throughout the country. 
And we had a presentation from Dr. Joe Lepetsky, who's a psychologist that works with Father Ripperger and is part of the consultation team. And he said something very interesting, you know, the back brain, and I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not pretending to be a psychologist, but he says that the back brain is where the emotions and the big pictures are found. The front brain is where the details are found, cogitation, that sort of thing. He said that when you slip into a depression, the back brain just kind of comes over you like a cloud. And he says that 60 seconds of detailed front brain thinking is 60 seconds directly on any subject. Thinking and cogitating in detail is equivalent to taking one dose of an anti-anxiety or an anti-depressant uh, um, anti, uh, medicine, uh, prescription medicine. So the power of prayer, when we can reintegrate trauma through prayer by linking that to Christ, by linking our traumatic experiences to, 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 uh, um, to, to the words of Christ, to the deeds of Christ, to the Holy Triduum, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we celebrate now, starting next week, the, the, the most important feast coming up for the Christian uh, in our liturgical year, linking our suffering somewhere to Christ's suffering um, through a detailed, logical, uh, detailed, uh, you know, uh, imaginative thinking. It, that works like medicine to, to the mind. What are your comments on that, Ernie? I'm a firm believer in the discipline of prayer, and uh, I, I stick to that. Uh, seven days a week, seven, 6 a.m. in the morning with uh, my brothers, about 15, uh, about 15 of us come online and we pray morning prayers uh, every morning. Um, and then throughout the day at 12 and at, and at six o'clock at night, I do some more prayers. And uh, I can say this, uh, it really helps. It helps the discipline of prayer continuously. I mean, at first it seemed like it was, it was, it was hard. Uh, to keep that going. But once I got the, the, my, my, my foothold on it at the 6am, it's easier to do the noon and the six at, at night. So I had to do it continuously. It's that early morning. I got to do it no matter what I have to thank God. Yeah, I would, I would add to that. There's a, there's a very popular um, uh, video out there that I've seen uh, the beginning of it. And it's a um, uh, retired Navy SEAL uh, he's high ranking. I'm not sure what rank he is. And he's giving a talk at a college graduation commencement. And, and he, he says, you know, first thing in the day, make your bed. And then he goes on from there. Now, I just want to focus on that one thing. The victory, the victory, first thing in the morning, you get up in the morning, and you start stepping into that discipline. And that's a victory, the discipline of prayer, the discipline of natural order things like ordering your bed by making it, you know, shower, shave, you know, wash your hair, brush your teeth. These things have to do with physical order. When we take those little steps, and I think those little victories are so important. We talk a lot about that with our BRC work is helping people because we do online coaching type work where we're helping people understand that the order of your day. And I know, Dan, we've talked to you about this on the Grace Force podcast, as well as Father Ripiger. I asked you both the same question at different times that you were on about how important discipline is as well as the prayer. And I think father Ripperger was the one that said that the demons know that if they go against somebody who's disciplined and prayerful, they're going to get beat to a pulp. They don't want to fight that. It's like, you know, Dan, you've been in the boxing world. I have not so much. I've been in self-defense and you know, that kind of stuff, but you've been in the actual ring. And when you go against a disciplined individual, you can be, 
trying to draw them out. But if they don't get drawn out because they're there every time, they're protecting at all times right here. They're not reaching out, taking that, that fake. That discipline right there is a brutal, brutal opponent to take on. So the discipline of morning prayer, earning, like you mentioned, the discipline of getting up and ordering your day. Look, everybody, get up, order that day, make the bed, get that bed cleaned up, get that bedroom ordered, get that kitchen ordered, get those prayers in, win those little victories. And by halfway through the day, you'll see, hey, I've got a string of little victories. Sometimes I sit at my desk and I got all kinds of sticky notes all over my desk. I got to go through one note, two notes, three notes. I'm an old guy when it comes to, you know, I'm not like, Siri, tell me this, Alexa, you know, I go to those sticky notes and I order them and I toss them out one at a time. I win those victories, but prayer is first and then it's throughout, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be throughout the day. It can't just be one time. Like, like Ernie, you're right. Start off in the morning and boom, hit it. But then throughout the day, make sure you're getting it in various places and you're consistent. Don't go a day without the rosary. Don't go a day without, say, the auxilium Christianorum prayers. You know, get some fasting in there. Make a, as you're driving down the road and you're near a Catholic church, go out of your way a few blocks if you have to. Stop in and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. I do that all the time, even if it's five minutes. I do it regularly throughout the week. These are disciplines I'm trying to accumulate, these little victories, and those victories add up. And boy, does that make a difference naturally and spiritually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, St. Jose Maria calls it the heroic moment when the alarm goes off. A good discipline for Lent is just getting up when the alarm goes off and not hitting snooze. You don't, you don't fall into effeminacy that very first moment of the day that, that you start feeling sorry for yourself already. Yeah. You get into the shower. The next heroic moment is, am I going to turn the water at the perfect temperature and stay here until the water, hot water runs out? Have a little discipline. The ascesis, a, you know, this, this, a little bit of fasting. You're not going to overcome, for example, if you're addicted to pornography, you're not going to overcome it with a secret prayer. You're going to overcome it through, through, through ordering your lower faculties through prayer, through fasting. Uh, um, what's interesting, uh, going back to this, I, I, um, I met a woman after the conference. We had a really good conference last weekend in, 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 at the VF, BMPR uh, uh, Spiritual Warfare Conference. It was a really good conference. A woman came up to me afterwards. She, and Father Ripperger and I, you know, we all talk about it, but Father Ripperger really pounded home the need for order. And a woman, uh, you know, needs to, needs to let her husband be the lead. Right. The husband is the head of household and he laid it out theologically and philosophically in the tradition, why this is so the importance of this order. And the woman said to me afterwards, she said, I have no problems. She's dealing with a husband who's struggling with various addictions. And I met several men with addictions came to me and talked to me afterwards. And you could, Doug, you see it all the time. Mm -hmm. She says, I have no I understand completely what he says. It makes perfect sense to me. I will follow a man. I will follow any man. I just have a hard time following a boy. Mm. And I thought, wow. That is it. You just summed it up. That's a well boy, put. A boy doesn't make his bed. A boy still looks at pornography. A boy doesn't have control over his appetites. Yeah. A boy doesn't have discipline. You see, a man has all these things. And, and she said it in a profound way. As soon as she said it, I realized this is profound. This is profound. That, that women are struggling with, with yielding to their husband's authority, oftentimes because he has boy-like behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And that, that's a key one for any man out there. What is the man? I mean, the world has twisted the idea of what a man is supposed to be. The man does this, and but there's that mature man, that true man, that St. Joseph man, that is yeah. a true gentle man. The gentle side knows how to, how to be there gently when, when that is called upon, but can flip the switch and engage in the man, 
that has to step up and and take on whatever lions and bears and demons that are coming at them. Uh, and and I just I would add just simply this, you know, like you you laid out out there, Dan. You know, if anybody can get this in their head, and I say this to myself regularly, I need this victory. I need to get this victory, this moment, whatever it is. You know, any of the seven deadly sins that we're dealing with, any of the of the battles that we fight, it could be gossip, and you're you're angry at at a road rage moment, and you're thinking, oh, I'm really ticked off because someone just cut me off. Look, get that victory right there by not giving into that road rage. Get that victory by not giving into that, that moment of lust or greed or envy or resentment or bitterness. Get that victory that moment. You might not have the next moment. God may call you before you get to the next moment. All right? It's get the victory right now and be the man, not the boy. That's a great one. I'm going to steal that one. I hope she does yeah, it. I told, her, I told her, hey, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to steal that. I'm That's definitely going to steal that. Yeah, follow men. You, you can't follow a boy. You're right. Boys don't make their beds. Boys stay addicted to this, that, the other thing. And you don't want to be a boy, guys. You want to be a man. Get the victories. Ernie, you're smiling back there. What do you got? I was thinking about combat right now when you were saying that. And I said how men are committed to, when they're when they're in the war zone, how they're committed to it. Uh, 120% of some of these guys were, were, were some, some of like, you get these really cool, uh, you get to meet these guys that are, warriors in their own right uh that are they're, they're committed to what they do and going into these dangerous places be it, be it a police officer fireman whatever you are and they're committed these are men that i've met that are just super committed to what they do i wish we had the same commitment level in marriage mm, yeah we were committed 100 I, if i knew that going into that like would you would need to be committed to your wife 120 percent and get involved in it and totally be part of it and you know what if there are anybody that comes around you know I hate to say this, you know, push, push the, uh, push them away. I'm going to say it in a nice way. Um, but you should be totally committed in everything that we do as a Catholic warrior. Yeah. Here, this is St. Bernard, doctor of the church. Here's what he says about the effects of meditation, right? Remember Padre Pio says prayer is the best weapon we have. He referred to the rosary as his weapon, right? Here's what he says. The effects of prayer uh, of meditation, purifies the mind, controls the affection, guides our action, corrects our excesses, and introduces order and dignity into our lives and illumines our minds. So, so prayer is absolutely essential for a man. If you don't pray, if you don't know how to pray, if you don't spend time in prayer, you'll be disciplined as heck to go to work and make money. You'll be disciplined as heck to make rank in the military. You'll be disciplined as heck to, to up your belt level in, in martial arts or you in, in, in judo. But will you put that same discipline in your in your soul for your family for your children right it this or the prayer it must be through prayer why do we go home and think we don't have to do anything i i early on i started envisioning a, a time clock in my home and i walk into the kitchen and i think i'm not done it's not time it's not time for me to have a couple beers and watch tv there's another time clock i gotta punch in and go to work right all right Doug, give us, uh, you got 10 seconds. Give us something on uh, Battle Ready Coalition. Where can our listeners go to? Yeah, I want to encourage you, brcoalition.com. We have two main things we're offering there. One is monthly online kind of coach training sort of stuff, body, mind, and soul. We encourage everything we've been talking about here, the mental, the spiritual, the physical training, to get ourselves in that disciplined, win the victory mindset every single day of our lives. Thank you, you Doug, days, our new co-host. All right, keep the fight going. We'll see you next week.